the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. As a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Ready or not, here we come. Welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show with Larry Rosenthal, our financial retirement expert here in studio. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I'm doing well. Good to see you on LarryRosenthal.tv, and if you'd like to watch him, there he is, looking good today. (laughs) There we are, even with the cameras moving all around, right? That's all right. Exactly. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You know, and it is, again, Saturday morning, open mic Saturday. No questions barred at all. Give us a call with anything on your mind dealing with the economy, the markets, your 401K retirement plan, taxes, Housing market, mortgage rates, whatever's on your mind. Estate planning today, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, Chris, one of the big events for the start of the fall is behind us now. And that was uh, Chairman Powell and, and the FOMC committee this past week here talking about interest rates and then their post-interest rate move conference. And, um, you know, just like consensus was, everybody thought they'd raise interest rates 75 basis points or three-quarters of a point in order to help in, uh, consistent, in, in order to help assist the slowing down of the economy mm-hmm. uh, to bring inflation pressures down. The question is how long does this track uh, move forth? And Powell was pretty consistent in his commentary, okay? If you listen to what he's been saying all along the way, he's been pretty consistent here that that you know they're gonna they're committed to bringing down inflation, and policy will remain um, a little bit more stringent going forward, just like he's always said in order to in, until they get the numbers down for inflation that they want. Now target numbers are two percent, and and to get it back down to that level, <clears throat> they know that's a long way off simply because of supply chain issues and some domestic energy policy things and different stuff like that that's still competing into or, or adding to inflation pressures. Uh, nonetheless, you know the markets reacted uh, kind of negatively this <clears throat> excuse me this past week simply because 
Um, you know, the, 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 the comments from Powell were, were a little bit more stern than what the markets were hoping for. You know, the markets always want to hear the, <clears throat> okay, one and done, and now everything's fixed, the green light. Well, we know that's not the green light. It's still a few months away until we see persistent levels of inflation continuing to drop. Estimates year-end now are, are somewhere down in the, in the 6 to 7% range, which, you know, is not that far from, from the 8.3 that we're sitting at at this particular point. And, again, the same story goes. When you talk to the analysts, the economists, the fund people, everybody, they're all saying the same thing. As soon as we get the inflation down, at some point the Fed is going to make that pivot. That pivot conversation is going to be, you know what, we've seen the data come in now. And we are going to raise rates again this month, but not as much as we had thought. Or we're going to pause for a month and see how the next month's data really comes in to take hold on the economy. That's a few months away. And at that point, again, the market should probably celebrate, if, if anything, like it at, at the end of July, this, uh, you know, a couple months ago. So, so stay tuned, you know, with, with everything there. So what are rates doing? How do rates affect the overall economy, you know? It, it touches your mortgages, it, it touches car loans, it touches student loans, it touches credit cards, it touches any type of acquisition of money uh, from, from a borrowing perspective. And that, that tends to slow the economy down when people sort of take a pause in, in selling things, as well as supply chains continuing to get fixed and come back online. So that's the deal when you take a look at you know what's happening with the Fed. So there are a few things that the Fed is really looking at when it comes to the measurement of inflation and the pricing pressures. And, and, and people are running around going, well, CPI said this, and core CPI said that. What's the difference, and what's PCE? What is the Fed actually looking at? The, the, so, so most people understand the headline inflation is, is at 8.3. It's actually 8.26, but 8.3 rounded up. The Fed's main index that they're looking at is PCE, personal consumption expenditures. And the difference between um, consumer price index or CPI and PCE is is the way they view where the average person is actually spending dollars. For example, CPI the the formula of CPI has forty two percent of it made up in housing, whereas PCE personal consumptions and expenditures is more accurate to where people are actually spending money, and that's only twenty two point six percent. So you can see that the, the, the formula for PCE, which is the Fed's number one gauge in inflation, uh, has housing in the formula as, as almost half of what the, PC, of what the uh, consumer price index has. Uh, food and beverages are about the same. When you take a look at Medicare, at medical spending, uh, course, uh, course uh, regular CPI has it at about 8, almost 9% where PCE is just slightly over 22%. So PCE is more representative of where people are actually spending their dollars. And that number has been coming down. You know, July was at 6.3. It dropped, it dropped a half a percent uh, in, in this change from June. Um, so, so that's a big core number that the Fed's looking at, and that number has been trending downward. So things are starting to work. They are working. They're just not quite where the markets want them to be because the markets want to hear the from the Fed at some point down the road, you know, hey, look, we're going to pause or we're not going to raise as much. They, they, want, they want to find out where 
the light is at the end of the tunnel, what that light looks like, how far down the road is that light, and it's there. It's coming. It's not too far away. Stay diversified in your portfolio. Stay in the market. You know, do not start getting in and out all the time. Uh, that that can really hurt. We've talked a lot about that. I did a webinar on that just uh, just the other week on how bad that that hurts a lot of times. Unless you're really, really lucky and you pull the lottery ticket, right? So, so you know, and that's just too big of a risk, Chris, because then you never make it up. What are you thinking about uh, if, you, if this were a baseball game and you were to say the, the Fed's bat, batting average, where would you put them? The Fed's batting average? Yeah, how are they doing? You know, well. It, it, it's a tough, tough that's thing. That's a great to question, you know. And so let me let me just sort of phrase that out here. That's a pretty good question. When when you look at, you know, what's the Fed been doing since the Fed started in the, in the 30s, you know, it's it's learned by, you know, a term called failing forward. It's learned monetary policy mistakes in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, all the way up to, to now, you know. And so when you go back and you take a look in the rearview mirror and say, well, what was the Fed doing about this issue in the 90s, okay, in the 91 and the 94 years? But, you know, they, they, they messed it up. They tightened too much too long, okay? Uh, but at the same time, what about the other seven years, seven or eight years in that decade? They got it pretty right, okay? Uh, what about in the 2000s? You know, they've learned, they've, learned not to, they, they, they've learned not to tighten too much, and they've also learned not to stop tightening too early. And so you're looking at that narrow window, that light beam on, on how to hit it just perfect. So the chances of hitting it just perfect are pretty slim. They've always been slim. The last 13 rate hikes, Chris, the Fed has, um, uh, you know, 10 of them have led into a small recession. Now, that's another question here today, too, is, you know, are we in a recession today? Are we moving toward a recession? Anytime you have a, 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 an engineered economic slowdown from the Fed in order to bring down pricing, you are on the path toward recessionary pressures because you're slowing down the economy, right? One of those components in slowing down the economy, unfortunately, is that some companies that don't have as wide a margins, don't have as strong a balance sheets, may lay off some workers. Mm-hmm. And that will end up raising unemployment numbers, right, which then enables people to really compete for for employees and wages won't rise as much, which then will in turn slow down spending also, another measurement to bring down inflation pressures. But at the same time, there's there's been times when we've been into a recession and you look in the rearview mirror when Enber comes out and says, hey, you, you were in a recession over the last 11 months, and people go, we never knew about that, right? <laughs> Somebody should okay, have told so us. so some of these recessions are very shallow, yeah. very short-lived, you know, and 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 that's what a lot of people are saying now. They're saying, "Well, sit back and look at the data here. Corporate earnings are still coming in strong. The next three quarters, they're est- they're estimated to continue to rise. Um, you know, uh, unemployment is is very very uh, attractive right now, as far as it being at three and a half, three point six percent." Yes, they're talking about it could move up as much as seven-tenths of a percent over the next year or so. But remember, maximum employment numbers are 5% or less. That's still well within the range of the mandate mandate by the Fed of maximum employment. 
you know, consumer's still strong. So, so you know, how, how do they do? Well, some people say, oh, they always mess it up. And that's <laughs> not the truth. That, that is not the case by any means at all. If that was the case, then we'd still be sitting in a stagflation economy of Jimmy Carter era, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're not there. Right, we're 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 just not there. They're kind of they're just kind of going with the cards that they're dealt from a from a political policy point of view, right? I mean, it, who's ever in the office, uh, for example, doesn't really affect the Fed other than the monetary policy. Well, the 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 whoever's in in the White House and in Congress, they're dealing with fiscal policy, tax and spend, sure. and the Fed's on the other side of the street, going, "Okay, what are y'all doing over there? <laughs> Maybe I have to counterbalance it over here sometimes, yeah, right?" Yeah, yeah. That 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 that's what's going on from from that standpoint there, uh, but you know they're they're uh, they're they're it'll be okay, um, you know, <laughs> when 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 the Fed the Fed was uh, uh, you know when 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 they're sitting down they're looking at data in their rearview mirror to answer your question more specifically Chris they're looking at data that's in their rearview mirror and trying to project forward data based off of that, okay? And so there's leading economic indicators and there's coincident economic indicators and there's lagging economic indicators uh, when, it, when it comes to all that. So they're trying to read the tea leaves on everything. And then the market's reading the tea leaves on the Fed and earnings and all different types of, of scenarios. But as soon as the Fed makes that pause, okay, then everything's going to flow back to fundamentals. And where are the fundamentals? How strong is the consumer? What do corporate earnings look like? Where are rates? Are, are rates still accommodative? You know, when you go and you take a look at a, a at the tr- at traditionally how high the 10-year note is, rates are still accommodative today, you know, for, from the standpoint of businesses able, being able to expand and operate, uh, people being able to get loans and stuff like that. We're just coming off of a very interesting monetary policy time from 2008 till now where we had extremely low interest rates and interest rates historically today they're still pretty low low, so um you know and 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 another question i've been getting a lot of and and it's amazing to see people do this they get it and they understand this this isn't going to last forever and there's people all over the place sending in more and more money to go in and buy a little bit of stock here, a little bit of stock there, back and forth, you know, uh, dur- during this period of time, because they understand, you know, you're getting, you're getting quality companies at a 25, 30 percent discount. That window is not going to last forever. That window will shut at some time, you know. So, so, so the wise investor understands. Hey, let's try to put some more dollars in and get it working. If you have those dollars, so yeah. I see, we got to take a quick break here, Chris. Let's keep this. Let's open up the phone lines here. Let's give us a call today at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Any questions at all today, open mic Saturday. Give us a ring. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Money Sense Live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment.
are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, Bob Jones is off today, and we've got uh, Josh on the, on the uh, phones taking care of business. So you can call him if you'd like right now at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert, right here in studio and live on LarryRosenthal.tv and WAVA and Sirius XM. You're all over the place, Larry. That's awesome. Well, let's get our thoughts together then. How's that sound? Since we're all over the place. <laughs> well, I don't mean we'll it get like our that. Together, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're pretty you focused. Yep. No, but you can check us out on uh, YouTube at LarryRosenthal.tv uh, for the live stream of the show. Uh, it's kind of, kind of fun to do. So, you know, let's let's jump into some education. We talked a little about the economy uh, just a minute ago, but let's jump into some education here real quick and, and, and understand. I mean, there's just so many things to learn and think about. And if you're able to save just just a couple percentage points a year net net to your household, over time that can compound in quite a bit of savings. And and you know so so let's go let's go take a look at where we are when it comes to some tax planning with investments. Uh, first of all, you know, look at Romans chapter thirteen verse seven. It says, "Render to all what is due to them, to whom taxes due, custom to custom, uh, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor." You know, make sure that you know basically you you uh, uh, you know. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, right? And unto the Lord what is the Lord? In Ecclesiastes eleven, twelve, it also says, Divide your portion into seven or even into eight, for you do not know what misfortune may occur on earth, right? 
And then the Lord says in Malachi 3.10, he says, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me on this now, says the Lord of hosts, uh, so that he may open up the windows of heaven, uh, the window of heaven, excuse me, and pour out blessing to you uh, till it overflows. So if we stop and think about all that, you know, we, we, we need to be good stewards with our assets that the Lord gives us, right? We need to be good stewards and understand, you know, it's, it's the Lord that gives people the ability to create wealth, grow jobs, whatever it may be. But at the same time, you know, you have to live in, in, in the world. And so we have to take our stewardship principles and put them into the tools, <clears throat> the products that man has created. You know, and one of those things is the tax system, right? Now, we can get into the bait on the taxes. Is it too much? Is it too little? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Taxes are always going to go up and down. That's what they do. They always go up and down. But you have to break down from an educational standpoint or actually a re reality standpoint of, of how the IRS, how the government taxes yours and mine investments and taxes our money. We all know there's income taxes on things, right? Okay. We all know that. We also all know that some individual states have state inheritance taxes, you know, with very low deductibles on that, almost from dollar zero, right? So, so you have to take a look at that too. So, so when you boil this down, the IRS views our money through four different tax lenses, okay, four different tax lenses, um, non-IRA non accounts. So, so if you put money into a bank account and you're getting a little bit of interest, yay, as a result of inflation, bank deposits are going up, right? You might get 1% or 2% interest on your money now, okay? Not a lot, but at the end of the year, guess what you get, Chris? You get that 1099 tax form. Sure. Okay. Sure. So at that particular point, then all of a sudden, you know, you got to pay taxes on that money, right? So same in an, in an investment account that's not tax deferred, such as a Roth IRA, traditional IRA, government TSP, 401k plan, 403b, whatever it may be. If the money's not subject, if the money is not inside of a tax shelter, a tax umbrella, then your dividends your short-term and long-term capital gains, interest earnings, buys and sells inside that account, they're all subject to different types of taxes, whether it's ordinary income or, or short or long-term capital gains. So there's the first type of an account. As money's growing over time, you're subject to taxes each year on it. Second type, second way the IRS views our money is through the lens of a pre-tax retirement program. You get an actual tax deduction to put the money in, but at the same time, while that money goes in, there are no taxes on it. You can move it all around, unlike the other account, and, it, and then when you go to pull it out, that's when you're subject to taxation. And, you get, you, and it's not long-term capital gains, which is cheaper historically. It is subject to your ordinary income taxes. So second type. The third type is where you get a non-deduction for the money to go in. While it's in there, it's growing tax-deferred, and when it comes out, you pay taxes just on the interest earnings. And then the fourth lens that the IRS views our money through is tax-exempt investments, municipal bonds, certain, like, certain types of limited partnerships, uh, uh, Roth IRAs, different things of that nature where they're more tax-exempt, more tax-favorable uh, for people. So four different tax buckets the way the IRS views our money. And so when you're sitting down and you're going, well, which tax system should I invest my money into? You know, if I had a dollar, I'd put a quarter into each different one. 
because I know that 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 I want to have some money tax free in my in my retirement years, and I also want to pass assets on tax free to my heirs. But at the same time, I also understand the value and the real economic benefit today of getting a tax deduction into my retirement plan today. So, so what is the balanced mix of all of this? And the mix is that you need to understand tax diversification when it comes to your investment strategies. We've, we've all heard in the past of asset allocation, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, Grandma said, in case you run, you know, you fall, right? You want to have money in different places, money, uh, small company stocks, large company stocks, international, bonds, wherever it may be. You want to have money diversified in your investment strategies, just like different investment products. You want to own some individual stocks. You want to own some mutual funds. You want to own some ETFs. You want to own some different types and varieties of all those types of programs there as well. Product diversification. So you also have tax diversification, which I just described to you. And one of the interesting things here in working with clients for all these years all across the country in our firm is this, is one of the biggest complaints or, 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 you know, paper cuts that people get is when they're 72 years old or older and they're having to pull money out of their retirement plans, their IRAs and things, because of the required minimum distribution. And, and some of them are going, I don't need this money. I don't want it. Is there any way I cannot take my income off of this money? And the answer is, yeah, you can choose not to take it, but then you're subject to a 50% tax penalty plus income taxes on what you would have taken gets way up there. So so my point is this, is that when you're sitting down, taking a look at where you are from a tax perspective, understand how money goes into investments will determine taxation. Understand when money's in there determines it, as well as when money comes out, that's also going to determine your, your tax level as well. So make sure that you sit down with your advisor and take a look at it. You know, we, we put people through what's called a matrix in our office where, where we'll take a look to see, you know, well, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you know, Chris, may, may, you've got uh, 89% of your money that's never been taxed before. What is that going to do when it, when it comes down to income tax planning in retirement years? When you look at your Medicare tax, your, your ACA tax, all these different taxes, if you're getting too much money coming out in later in life versus you know, having a proper tax balance scenario there. So it's really important to understand the different tax scenarios oh, yeah. based off of your investment planning strategies. There's a question on this. We, we talked about the various different tools that you should have. With this rising interest rate environment, um, are there any, are CD laddering things kind of attractive at all? Or are some of these other interest rate uh, tools even a little bit attractive? So when it comes to buying a CD, you're talking about buying a bank product, Okay. So, so, yeah. yeah, so so here's the scenario on, on that. You know, you, you say, okay, I, I want to have X amount of months of, of money saved up in the bank, right? Maybe three to six months worth of living expenses saved up in the bank, okay? And so while interest rates are climbing, if you want the safety and security and the guarantee of a CD, and, and let's suppose you said, oh, well, the Fed just raised interest rates, okay? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put money into a CD at the bank. What happens if they raise it again? What happens if rates keep going up? So that's your point is is you might want to put a little bit of money in maybe a 30-day CD, maybe a 60-day CD, maybe a 90-day CD, so forth and so on. So as rates continue to climb over the next couple of months, 
You always have money coming due that can, that can get the prevailing higher rate. The best time to buy a CD is when the Fed says, we're going to take a pause or we're going to start lowering interest rates because then you're going to lock in that rate and you want to lock that rate in for a longer period of time as rates continue to drop down. Okay, uh, So people will get that opportunity again in the next few months to be able to lock in a longer-term CD when rates actually pause for a while or start to come back down again. Again, that's data-dependent, but the way you want to go entering that scenario there, Chris, is to do that. And another way to look at doing that might be even a better scenario, which is buying you know, 30-day or 90-day Treasury bonds. They bills they are they are uh, uh, yielding a little bit more than the average CD right now. So there's a couple different ways that you can park short-term tight dollars in order to just juice up your overall return from I'm that standpoint. Just thinking of taking advantage of the fact that we know that interest rates are going up. I mean, that just makes sense that there ought to be some tools that you could use or utilize that would help you. Yeah, with without a doubt, without a doubt. But when you want to lock in the, the you know, the mutter load into a CD is when the Fed says we're going to pause rates yeah. right now or we're going to or we're going to actually lower rates at some point in the future. And, and rates are. will go up and down. Yeah. You know, just just like your your mortgage interest rate. You know, I was talking with somebody earlier this week and they were talking about, you know, oh, this this house and blah, 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 and, and everything. And I don't know if I, you know, should I get it at this rate and blah, 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 and everything. And I pointed out to them, I said, listen, you know, here's, here's, here's the way you have to look at this. If you're looking to get a new home today, you know, first of all, is it a, an investment property or is it a place that you're going to call home? And they said, no, no, we're going to call it home. And I said, okay, well, you know. In either way, it needs to be treated differently. But in either scenario, whether it's an investment property or it's your primary home, you're going to raise your kids, grandkids, whatever. Either way, you're you're married to that property, but you're only dating the interest rate. Okay, <clears throat> there will come a point in the future, somewhere down the road, that you will have an opportunity to refinance in a lower interest rate environment. Now, it may not be at two point seven five percent. Okay. But it may be going from six percent. It may it may drop down to four and a half at some point down the road. So don't let it stop your dreams. More, is what you're saying, right? Pardon me. Don't let these interest rates going up say, "Oh, I just can't afford a house anymore. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna look." Right? Don't, don't well, in some cases, people people don't look at the type of mortgage product that's available out there too. You know, you mm-hmm. you you have the traditional thirty year loan. That's saying, you know, the, the average is right around 6% right now versus you say, well, what happens if I get a 10-1 arm where it locks you in today for, for 10 years and it adjusts in year 11? Those rates are a lot lower. They're in the upper fours, fives. You see what I mean? So there's a mortgage product that could fit your lifestyle from that standpoint, and then you'd be waiting it out to, to rates dropped again. So, And any time during that time, you could refinance if the rates decided to change or do something. That's different. that's the exact point. That, yeah. That's that's exactly correct. So understand how to use these different products. But basically, you know, I really wanted to bring to the table today this tax allocation strategy mm-hmm. as well as some other things. we got a whole whole bunch of stuff to talk about from an educational standpoint. But I see we've got to take a break here. Let's uh, keep the phone lines open. Give us a call this morning with any questions at all. Give us a call at 855-ROSE. One two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Hey, don't forget to go to visit my website, RosenthalWealthManagement.com or LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, we send out a weekly market commentary as well as a monthly newsletter. There's no no charge for that at all. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. 
uh, right right there, as well as uh, get signed up for our upcoming webinars that we'll be announcing here next week in in October. So we're gonna you know back in webinar season, we want to continue to bring updated market commentary and and economic uh, you know what's going on in the economy, as well as educational pieces. So uh, give us a ring here this morning with any of your questions at all, 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However... Can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. your questions 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 coast to coast from the nation's capital this is the Larry Rosenthal show well welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal show if you've been listening or if you just have a financial situation you'd love to discuss with our expert in studio don't hesitate get on those phones 855-767-3123 have some available for you right now 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthaler, financial and retirement expert, right here in studio with us today. Larry? All righty, Chris. Uh, I was listening to music there. Sorry. (laughs) There you go. Always good stuff. Um, You know, so let's talk a little bit about something called Style Box. Style drift. (laughs) Style Box, did you say? Style Box. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So... Um, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're diving deep, a little bit into the weeds today on education, but I want to come out with all this stuff, you know. Uh, it's important for people to understand all of this. You know, style box. Let's suppose that, that you, you wanted to buy, let's say, a mid-cap growth mutual fund. You know, you've got large company stock. You've got giant company stocks, large company, mid-cap, small, and micro-cap, all right? So those are sort of the, the sizes of different companies. And let's, let's pretend, well, let's stay domestic. And then you've got companies that are on the growth side of their business, and then you've got companies that are on the value side of their business. The value stocks tend to pay a little bit higher dividends, whereas growth stocks tend to reinvest the money back into their company in order to grow the value of their company more. And then you have companies that, that, are, that are a blend, blended mix, you know. You know. So, so let's pretend that you wanted, to ha- you wanted to buy a mid-cap value, I'm sorry, mid-cap growth, company, mid-cap growth mutual fund. So it's out there looking at all the mid-cap companies and buying on the growth side of things, right? Now, how does that play out in a marketplace where you where, where if you wake up and the newspaper says, hey, you know what, you should really be inside mid-cap value today 
versus mid-cap growth. And you're sitting there going, well, I'm in mid-cap growth. Maybe my mutual fund team can just sort of slide it over to the value side, right? Well, that's where style drift comes in. Some funds are very restrictive in nature where they say, nope, we're going to stay in this sandbox and we're only going to play in the mid-cap growth side of things. Whereas other funds will say, you know what, we have the flexibility to do drifting where we can have, we can move away from that growth side and over to that value side. Or we can park in the middle and have a blend, a combination of both value and growth. Some funds even say, you know what, Forget this mid-cap zone only. We're going to play at the entire playground, and we're going to go large company and small company and mid-sized company and, bla- and value and blend and growth. So in a changing economic environment, here's the question. What type of a mutual fund are you sitting in, or an ETF for that matter? Does it have the flexibility to move back and forth in a changing fiscal and monetary policy scenario? Okay. That's one of the questions that we really have to examine inside of our investments. And it's a very easy thing to really take a look at. You can pull up almost any uh, third-party individual analyst software or get with an advisor. You know, we, we have people all the time saying, hey, hey, Larry, we want, we want your firm to take a, a quick look at our portfolios, at our holdings. You know, where are we right now as it relates to the current economy and markets versus our goals and our objectives? You know, if you wanted to have that, that's not a problem at all. You can give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. We'd be happy to take a look at the analysis for you on everything there. Let's go ahead and welcome Barbara on the line. Good morning, Barbara. How are you today? Hi, good morning. I'm well. Thank you so much. Yep. How can I help you? So I was wondering, um, my husband just retired, he's 55, um, and we're financially in a really good place, um, and we had some extra money, and we were wondering if I-bonds um, investing 10000 in each of our names, because we can only, that's the max, um, if that would be a good investment. So, because Barbara, right now. said they can't tell. Yes. Pardon me? Our, advice, our financial advisor said they don't do that, and they can't give us any information whether to invest in that or not. So I-bonds are, are something that you buy directly from the Treasury. Very simple. You go to Treasury.gov, and you sign up for them, okay? okay? And, yeah, and you can, you know, you're supposed to just buy, each person can buy up to $10,000 worth, Okay. And here's the idea on I-bonds. I-bonds have, have two interest rates. They have a, 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 a uh, let's call it a baseline interest rate, which is based off of the, the 30-year Treasury note. And, and right now, it's, it hasn't caught up to it yet, but it's, it's below. It's somewhere in the one area. And then it has a prevailing interest rate based off of the current uh, inflation reading number. And right now, that number is a little over, it's right around 9%. So that interest rate number that, that's being credited, Barbara, every November and May, it gets reestablished on what it's going to be. So in the sta- from the standpoint of is it a good long-term investment, personally, I don't think so. And the reason why is this is because you have an artificially high inflation number right now, and that number is going to be coming down, 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 down. So if you have money to stick into an I-bond now, and you're very short-term in nature, remember, 
If you pull money out of the I-bond within the first five years, then you're subject to losing, I believe, and please check me on this, it's the last 90 days interest, which really isn't a big deal, okay? But it's really not a longer-term investment versus if you're looking at saying, hey, I want, I've had an extra $10,000 laying around in my checking account that I don't need, and I'm willing to commit to, to an I-bond for five years or even for two or three, then I would have to ask the other side, which is the opportunity cost, would it be better for you to buy an individual stock that's maybe quality stock or even the market that's down 20% for the year, which one's going to give you a better oh. return over the next couple of years, knowing that the I-bond interest crediting is going to be designed to be coming down as the stock market gets healed and repaired. Do you see what I mean? I, yes, that makes sense. Okay. Yep. But if you're looking and you say, hey, you know what? I, it doesn't matter to me. I want safety. It's backed by the taxing authority of the United States government, which we all know is pretty strong, right? So that you could drop some money into that and, and uh, you know, leave it there until you're not happy with the rate anymore. Because remember, it will adjust every uh, November and May. Barb, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put you on hold here real quick, and, and Josh will get your contact information. I'll send you out a whole bunch of information okay. on I-bonds, okay? Appreciate that so much. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much. You too. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Candace on the line from D.C. Good morning, Candace. How are you? I'm blessed. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? So um, I joined into a um, Acorn uh, investment and they take a little bit out of my uh, add-on, and I send $5 every week. But I wanted to know what should I look for in deciding on where my money goes as far as bonds, stocks, and certain things. When I look at the market stuff, I don't know what I'm looking for to see where I want my money to go. Well, the first thing, Candace, I mean, that's 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 the $64 million question, right? Because everybody wants to pull the lottery ticket out of the market, but really it doesn't work <laughs> that way. What we need to do is first we have to sit down and figure out what are your objectives? What are your goals with this money you want to invest? What's your time frame? What are your liquidity needs? What's your tax scenario? Does it need to be a tax-wise investment? What's your tax rates? So, so before we make any suggestions at all to any clients, we, we do what we would call an, an intake meeting where we'll sit down with you for, you know, 30 to 60 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever the case may be. There's no charge for that, that first meeting. We want to see what your objectives are and if we can help you, okay? Then we would talk to you at, that, at the next conversation about, hey, this is what we've come up with. These are the, the four or five different things based off of what you're, you said you want to try to do and your current financial situation excuse me, allows you to do. That's the process that we would go through. But for me to sit here and say, oh, yeah, just buy this or do that, Nah, can't can't do it at this particular point. We've oh. sort you know, just like that you go in and you tell the doctor, hey, I need a, you know, my elbow hurts, and he tries to start taking an x-ray on your knee. That's not going to work, right? So, so we need to sort of x-ray the whole situation. But we can send you out our financial planning toolkit, and if you fill that out and send it back, we can have one of our advisors reach out to you and go through that conversation with you. Is that fair? Yep, let me, let me go ahead and do that. I'll put you on hold here real quick, Candace, and then uh, Josh will get your information, and we'll send you out our toolkit, 
and we'll have somebody give you a follow-up call next week, explain, uh, you know, how it works, and, and we'll just go from there. So I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're back in a moment with more. Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, that's 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, let's welcome Rhoda on the line. Good morning, Rhoda. How are you today? Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. I am 67. I'm going to retire from teaching here in a couple years. Uh, I can get something called AAI, which means that I can get all of my, um, the percentage of growth that I would get on my retirement. I can get all of that money up front in a lump sum. And I want to know if that's advisable and how I could invest it if I do. Rhoda, let me just ask you a quick question here. If you retire and and do this AAI program, are you going to go back to work? Part uh, 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 no. I mean, I could go back and sub. I could substitute teach or something else, but uh, I won't go back to that job. No. Okay, because I know. I, I don't know where you're calling from, but I know that school systems all across the country have these different types of programs where you can cash everything out, roll it into an IRA, and then continue to work for as long as another five years. But if your question is simply this, is what do I do with my retirement dollars? Either choose a pension where you're going to get a check every month for the rest of your life or roll it over into a lump sum. Is that what your basic question is? No, what I would get not that part of it. I'm going to get, you know, every year you get a certain increase on your on your retirement. Uh-huh. 
I can get all of that money up front. So it, it might be upwards $200,000 or so. I would get all of that. So I don't know. I know I don't know what I would. I want to get it, I think, but I don't know what to do with it. I thought I'd buy a home. I don't have a home, but I don't know what to do. Well, that money, that money, if you don't do anything with it, that money is designed to give you a stream of income for your life one way or the other. So, mm-hmm. so what we have to do is basically just sit down and look at a retirement cash flow analysis. It's very, very simple, okay? okay. And we, we take a look at what your choices are with your AAIP program. If you take this mm-hmm. lump sum like you talked about, how is that mm-hmm. going to position you for the next chapter of your life? Are you going to need to use and are you going to need to draw any income from those dollars? If so, then it needs to be in sort of an income production type of an investment vehicle versus if you don't need any, can you allow to roll it over and then continue to grow it for three or five or eight years down the road, whatever the case may be. So the real answer to your question is this. It's kind of a to be determined scenario. But either way, with this type of an opportunity, you you really have opened up choices for yourself because you have this choice of, of what you want to do. You say you don't have a home, you're interested in a home. Okay, well, let's run the analysis here. If we, if we go get a house or a condo or whatever it may be, you know, what's the mortgage payment? What are the taxes, the insurance? What's the cost of carrying that property each and every month? What is your, your pension, your Social Security, your other savings and investments going to bring in? What about this $200,000? Should you take this program, turn it into income? How does all that work, right? So at some point down the road, like you said, we're, we're you know, we're, we're going to retire, right? And we're, or we're not going to be invited back at some point, right? And at that point, we need to make sure that our savings and our investments are, are sustaining our standard of living when it comes to our monthly expenses. So that's really what we have to, to, to take a look at is basically doing a, a basic uh, retirement cash flow scenario. And if you want, I'll be happy to put you on hold. We'll send you out our financial planning toolkit, and that will start us down the road of getting that whole evaluation done. You can, we'll have an advisor reach out to you next week, and you can also uh, you know, uh, give us all the details on this AAIP program that you have, and then we can help better guide and direct the conversation to accomplish your goals. Does that sound okay for you? That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. Yep. Rhoda, let me go ahead and put you on hold here. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring. We've got a few minutes left in the show. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, again, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. We send out a weekly market commentary and a monthly newsletter. There's no charge for those at all. As well as you can go check it out at LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube, and you can hit subscribe and follow our uh, YouTube channel also. And, and it's right there on, on the website as well, at LarryRosenthal.tv. Just go under the radio show, and you'll see it right there. It'll take you right to the place that you need to be. So, Chris, falling under the education umbrella today that we're talking about, we talked about tax allocation strategies. We talked about style drift, you know, with your funds and your ETFs going into a changing economic environment, right? We also want to talk a little bit about you know, let's touch on sort of the third phase of financial planning, if you will. There's three basic phases. There's the accumulation phase when you're trying to grow your assets. Then there's the distribution phase, which we've had a couple calls on this morning, where you say, hey, I've got these assets. How do I make sure that they 
produce for me while I'm alive during retirement years called the distribution phase. And then the third phase is the legacy phase or dealing with the estate planning. You know, so, so when it comes to estate planning, we've, we've got two broad categories to deal with it. One is while you're alive, which is probably a good thing, right? And the other one is when you pass on and go to heaven, you know, while you're alive, what are your concerns? You know, what are some of the basic concerns while you're alive? One, if you are sick or injured and things are slowing down for you, is your income in a position that's going to take care of your needs? Do you have an adequate amount of, of protection when it comes to long-term care insurance? Do you have medical directives? You know, power of attorney who can help make decisions if you can't, right? Um, even even in a state planning scenario, um, as you age, is your is your home conducive to 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 uh, you know maybe slowing down a little bit? Maybe if you need a walker or things of that nature, right? Maybe a single you level, know. right? Keep exactly, stage. one level houses and stuff like that. You you were talking about, Chris? So yeah, so there's a lot involved with with that type of an income need during your retirement years, as well as who can help you with with decisions, financial decisions, medical decisions, if it's needed. And then on the other side of that, that, that conversation, you know, sort of turning the page there is, is the estate planning after you pass. You know, so you're in heaven. Who's going to get what? When are they going to get it? What's the tax impact of any assets or investments when you pass them on? And that all goes to how the money was originally put into that asset, whether it was a home, a car, uh, an RV, an investment account, whatever it may be, right? It depends on how that money goes in or how that asset is purchased and titled will dictate how the taxes come out to, to your heirs on the other side. Another area, too, that you want to take a look at in, in the estate planning arena is charitable giving as well, right? You know, do you want to uh, teach, your, teach your heirs about, you know, philanthropy, about giving back? You know, to, to your church, tithing, to missions, to, to boys and girls clubs, to whatever, you know, passion you might have. You know, do you want to continue that legacy from generation to generation? It's kind of a neat conversation to have with people, too. You know, if you're interested in, in, in any type of a uh, you know, charitable giving information, I have a whole packet on the basics in, in, in charitable giving. Okay, and it goes into... You know, just different simple ways how to do charitable giving uh, to very complicated ways. You know, uh, charitable remainder trust, pooled income funds, uh, you know, wealth replacement strategies for your family. Just all different ways. A lot of people don't know different ways to give. You know, a couple of weeks ago we actually talked about pooled income funds or, I'm sorry, it was donor advised funds on the show. You know, where, where you can just simply open up a donor advised fund. That's basically a mutual fund that you can put money into. You don't have to name the charity till later in life at some point, and you get your tax deduction this year. So lots of information on that. If you'd like to get information on charitable giving, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email asking for us. So, well, I got some music in my ears here. We're going to stay online. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, but we have to close out the show here in just a moment. If you have questions during the week, feel free to call us at 855-ROSE-123. No worries at all. We send out lots of information during the week based off of uh, the show's topics. So for Chris McKay and Josh in the back today, Bob's out. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.